4: Y'all know we've talked about how Eli Manning and Dak Prescott, what they did and didn't have around them when they were at Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and the the way that both elevated their their teammates, their program, their coaches. Right? We could go on. their, their university. Good grief! They they both meant impact millions and millions of dollars to to Ole Miss and MSU. Uh, We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, Brought to you by Went McGee, The Mortgage Man, MortgageManMS.com, and Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Startville, and Tupelo. So, Eli and Dak, a big chunk of the time they were on the field in college, they were at a disadvantage, talent-wise. And there were many Saturdays they made up for it whether it was with with their arm or Dak with his arm and his legs. Um, We're streaming live on thezone1059.com. As y'all, especially those of you, there's some people that are cheering against Dak because of where he played college, but as those of you that are turning your attention to the Cowboys and the 49ers, and like me, you remember the Cowboys and 49ers for a minute in the 80s, but they rekindled that thing in the 90s with Jimmy Johnson and George Seifert and Troy Aitman and Steve Young, and then both of them were bad for a long time. We talk about Dak and the fact that Mike Dettelier, who doesn't have a dog in the hunt, just said basically Dak has to play like he did last night, which i do not sure that you can't replicate that against the San Francisco 49ers defense. But he will have to be amazing for them to have a chance next Sunday afternoon night. Um, and... and everything that Dak did for the Mississippi State program, Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And there's a lot of similarities between the two. Okay? You know how we always talk about how Elon and Dak did what most quarterbacks won't do today? Sit for a little while. Neither one of them started to their red shirt sophomore year. Most everybody else is leaving. And it's not going to work out for the majority of these QBs, but Most all these quarterbacks are moving around and so on. Brock Purdy started 46 games at Iowa State. Dak and Eli were both well over 30 games. I'm sorry, over 35 games. And there's something to that. Playing, having success, having failure, weaknesses, you know, exploited, learning how to get through them, getting coached a lot, reps, 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 reps. And Brock Purdy at Iowa State, he started 46 games. And they were at a disadvantage damn near every Saturday. So even though he was Mr. Irrelevant, just like Tom Brady, even though he was Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, threw for 12,100 yards at Iowa State and 81 TDs and only 33 picks. At Iowa State, Eli Dak played uphill. Most people did. Mahomes played uphill. Aaron Rodgers played uphill. You know, we we could go on and on here as far as guys that have been able to make it in the league compared to the Blue Blood QBs that, the media falls in love with, and a lot of times front office personnel fall in love with. And then when all of a sudden it's a level playing field, they can't get it done.
5: Yeah. Iowa State typically in the Big 12, which has 10 teams. I know, stay with me. Of the 10 teams in the Big 12, Iowa State is routinely eighth in talent composite, according to 247.
4: There you go. He played at a disadvantage (laughs) most Saturdays and yet played well. And he started... He didn't have the opportunity Eli and Dak had. Um, he had to start his fr- true freshman year. Yeah, and he actually played well, and then he really took off as a uh, sophomore and, and junior and senior. Yeah. So, so I guess you ask the question: Why? Why was he drafted last in the draft? I, he looks, he damn sure looks like a third round pick. Um, How but, many? But Dak looked like a first or second round pick, it, even with the DUI. He looked like a second round pick. Which I you know whatever. Um the the but you look at these guys that are playing and there are a lot of guys who weren't picked in the first round now that had good careers. Drew Brees, Joe Montana, Dak, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins. You know, I mean, there there's a long. Of course, Aaron fell to late first round, but um, you're you're getting a lot more second, third, and fourth round picks now. You're going to stay with the first round pick longer. We know that, owners. You 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 pick that dude in the top five, top ten, top fifteen. Owners fall in love immediately.
5: Carson Wentz continues to get opportunities. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, they're they're always going to get opportunities, right? I mean, we talked about and this. that ship has sailed. We talked about this yesterday before the game. What I mean, if Dak Prescott as a early player had performed with some of the struggles that like Trevor Lawrence went through, or I mean, even, like had the unlucky, unfortunate bounces that Justin Herbert's had in in L. A. If those things don't go your way, Gardner Minshew played great, but because you didn't get enough wins and because you weren't a first round pick, you're not going to be given the benefit of the doubt to keep going. Yeah, it's just part of it. Now, it helps that Brock Purdy's at arguably a top-five offensive mind in the league right now in Kyle Shanahan. Look at Daniel Jones under Jason Garrett and Daniel Jones under Brian Dayball, right? Brock Purdy in New Orleans with Dennis Allen probably isn't looking like Brock Purdy in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan.
4: Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, everybody needs a little... You're right. Uh, I'm still blown away that in 2016, Dak could throw up the numbers he did with Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan yeah. around him,
5: that's the testament of his ability. Yeah, it's I why mean, I
4: would love for Dak to have a Kyle Shanahan, an Andy Reid, uh, uh, you know some of these dudes that that are yeah off the charts. So, but it's I also understand how even if they're not winning, of course they have been under Dak. Um, how special it is to be the Starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, he's made another what two hundred million off the field.
5: Well, yeah, and he's twenty nine. If he were to just play ten more years at thirty nine, I mean, that's going to be—it's it, not even generational wealth. It's like unfathomable wealth. Right. Uh, He'll it, get up to the to the seven, it, depending. It does speak to the importance of QB and like why this. We have an interesting development going on at Ole Miss because you lose talent out the back door. We think it's Jackson Dart's job, but you heard Mike Dettillier say it himself. Walker Howard is not going somewhere he doesn't think he has a chance to start. Right. And a good chance to start. If Lane Kiffin signs Walker Howard, what does that mean? For the locker room, I don't know because Jackson Dart fully believes that he's the guy.
4: And he played well this year. Uh, He's still young. Uh, That's something we forget. He was a true sophomore this year after playing at Southern Cal. So that's a great question, Blake. What... What happens? Can you? It's nothing like Dart and Luke Altmaier. This is a an established starter and and a five star quarterback coming in. So, can how does it look if
5: Walker Howard
4: beats him out?
5: Can Walker Howard beat him out? I don't know. And if you're paying Walker Howard to come to school, and you're already paying Jackson Dart to come to your school and both now have transferred once into your program, what do you do? I don't How know. much money can you put in one position where only one guy can play?
4: I don't know. There's a great quote in uh, the both book and movie Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. The money always runs out. Out of bounds. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Streaming live for you on TheZone1059.com. The show is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save favorites.com farm bureau insurance for excellent customer service ron fowler 109 the game tuscaloosa at nine thirty.
3: dead presidents printed on paper cash money
2: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha uh-huh, in my dentist's office
0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. DTW report. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. All
2: right,
4: so it's uh, Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy week, and Walker Howard and Pete Goldie. Holy smokes, I'm excited. Hot damn show is brought to you by Independent Roofing Systems. Shout out to Joe Knockin and the team at Independent Roofing Systems. Number one commercial roofing company in Mississippi. So, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant out of Iowa State, is uh, rolling with the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan is a freak. Dak Prescott played amazing last night with four touchdowns. And, man, uh, Blake, he was moving around last night.
5: You know? The whole team was offense, defense. Every The Cowboys were very focused coming into that game. they had
4: been embarrassed the week before. Dak had played his worst game, but according to some of the analytics, the Cowboys had played their worst game in a long time. Yes. I think the staff was embarrassed. The whole organization. Dak Prescott, Dan Quinn, Micah Parson, whatever. And, um... Other than Zeke, everybody showed up, and so you got to give credit to Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard. They're shifting around their offensive line, Blake.
5: You got even what you more do. so
4: when Peters went out last. You know, they are. had already walked us through the shift when Peters was at left tackle, and Tyler was moved to left guard, and he's had a good rookie year, and blah blah blah. But, and I thought Aitman actually and, and Buck did a good job of pointing that out, all the shifting on the offensive line. But when when they had to shift again, but they kept scoring. That's a credit to the offensive line coaching. Yeah. Dak, Tony Pollard, and and you know, some guys that I give a hard time, like Michael Gallup actually I mean, that that was just to to stay in bounds, to be covered like he was, to tiptoe on the line yeah. in the end zone. Now Dak threw a beautiful ball, but Gallup had to there's a lot going on there.
5: And the tip, to catch it off the tip, I don't think people understand how difficult it is to react when that ball gets tipped like that and exactly. it changes the the rotation changes the spin. Um and I'd even go that touchdown was huge. Maybe even a, an even bigger play is how many comebacks did we see this weekend in the NFL when the Patriots when the Patriots took <laughs> when the Bucks scored and it's 24 to 6 and they've got some momentum. Dak and the Cowboys march down the field, and they get third and seven or third and eight. Dak changes the play at the line of scrimmage, shifts Gallup outright, recognizes the blitz is coming, he shifts Gallup outright, it forces the Bucks to change their blitz call, it opens up Gallup on the slant, and Dak throws an absolute dime, but Gallup makes the catch. You convert that first down at midfield instead of punting, it's, you go and score another touchdown right. just a few plays later. It's now 31 to 6 and, then and the game breathe. the game's over. Yeah. yeah. And so that you know, guys who all year we've questioned are they going to make a play when it matters? At least for round 1, they made the play when it mattered. Right. We'll see what happens round 2, but you can't win round 2 until you win round 1. So you did that. That was very prophetic. I just I mean, sometimes it is as simple as Bill Belichick said on to Cincinnati. <laughs> sometimes it's just you play the team in front of you. And then you worry about the next team once you beat the team in front of you. Right.
4: It's a good win. First road playoff win for the Cowboys since 1993. Yep. I think Bill Clinton had just been sworn in office. Insane. Out of bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Speaking of NFL, Blake, um, in this time of year or any time of year, a good premium cigar oh. from Havana Smoke Shop. Let me throw one out. The uh, San Latano Bull is an excellent cigar. Also, they've got a wonderful selection of tatawahes. Um I just like that name. I know, it's a cool name. Tatawah. And also, Aliva uh, Cigars at Havana Smoke Shop in Jackson and Havana Smoke Shop at the Res. Blake Scott, Bo Bounce, with you. Good morning, welcome in. Uh, we are the Out of Bounds Show. We're going to have Ryan Fowler on. Roll Tide Insider. 109 the game on Pete Golding from Bama to Ole Miss, and he's going to weigh in as Pete has been in T-Town, Tuscaloosa, for five years, and now he's the Ole Miss defensive coordinator. How excited are Ole Miss fans? Are are they, like, super excited? Or they, you know, Golding had a, he, he struggled some. At Bama, for Bama standards, compared to Kirby Smart and Jeremy Pruitt, 10 years. He struggled some. It was more like um, Tosh LaPoi. Uh eh, Do that with whatever. Maybe, maybe he just needed maybe Saban micromanages. I don't know. We did talk about, even before Golding went, that Bama had kind of lost their Teeth in their oomph on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the football. They weren't playing like Kirby's Georgia Bulldogs. Why is
5: that? That That's a great question. We talk about the mountaintop and how Saban had always kept an edge on his teams. And you could argue that wasn't the case the last year. Uh, my argument on the other side of that, staying in the Ole Miss camp, is you asked me, I think yesterday, or maybe Sunday, when we were doing our talk on whatever, our pre-week discussion, You said, you know, what can Ole Miss fans can Lane Kiffin get back on the positive side of Ole Miss fans, you know, get momentum under it? He
4: may be heading that way with Pete Golding and Walker Howard.
5: I don't don't know that I don't know what Pete Golding really does for fan bases. I'm I'm of the camp that I think a lot of even the average fans have way less of the oh, he's from Alabama, so he must be great mentality than he did ten years ago. Right. But Walker Howard is a different discussion because of two things. One He was a number five QB in his class. He was a highly rated guy, and he's coming from an in-division rival who you know extremely well. And secondly, what do we love more than an unanswerable competition? You can't tell me who's going to start between Walker Howard and Jackson Dart, and we won't know until Labor Day. Now, you give Dart a a big advantage early. As the incumbent. But you got
4: 15, you know, Basically, I guess your question is, by practice like 10 or 11 or 12 in the spring, can or if Walker Howard will make up some ground, and then you have about 25 practices before your first game, yep. like Yep. Okay. So once you get into double-digit practices in the spring, is there some serious buzz? Uh, once you get into practice number 10, 11,
5: Twelve, and what does this losing streak see? Lane's going to be able to shake it off as the head coach because he can. He gets to do that. He's going to get that benefit. Jackson Dart, unfortunately, is going to wear that losing streak coming into the year. Let's say he doesn't throw the ball great opening weekend as the starter. Fans are going to go, "Uh oh, uh-oh, here we go."
4: Fans won't be able to see anything, but they will be be able to see the Grove Bowl. What if by Practice 11, 12, 13, things start to, to line up for him. And Dart's on one team and Howard's on the other. And th- and it's open to the public. Yeah. And it's on SEC Network, which all 14 of them are. And what if he has some kind of really big day That's, I'm- in the Grove Bowl once he's been able to get three weeks of reps under him and then – the discussion will be for the next three months going into August 3rd practice. Who, what, where, when, how?
5: The offensive struggles will not be attributed to Lane Kiffin. They will be attributed to Jackson Dart. That's how this works. And so going into the season, if that offense struggles early against, I think they opened with Mercer, let's say they just for some reason Jackson darts off or whatever, you know the murmurs will be loud if Walker Howard is sitting right behind him. It'll be, well, we need to see what we have with Walker Howard because Jackson Dart lost his last four games and the offense couldn't score against Mississippi State and they couldn't score in the bowl game against Texas Tech. Or
4: the flip side is he never makes this run at Dart and it's Howard's in 2024.
5: Mike Dettelier told you he's not transferring to not start.
4: Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone is brought to you by USA Pawn. What's Nick Fulton up to? He was happy with that Dak and Cowboys game. USA Pawn and their mega, mega, mega store. USApawn.com. Oh, man, we're live in the Bank Plus studio. Out of bounds. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. We're going to go to Tuscaloosa. Talk Pete Golding. Rod Fowler, 109 the game, T Town. He'll join us on the Patron Tequila guest line.
1: 18 plus press the button my friend the out show is live, live from the whiskey 61 lounge in the bank plus studio check
2: check, check it out
4: uh we're powered by energy we power life good morning welcome in out of bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Your SEC insider hit this morning is brought to you by Independent Roofing Systems, the number one commercial roofing company in Mississippi, and also Mud Bugs. They're now open. In fact, I stopped by Mud Bugs last weekend and picked up some crawfish and some shrimp. Um, That's a beautiful thing. One in Brandon, one at the Res Mud Bugs, the best crawfish in the state of Mississippi. Shout out to Matt and the team getting ready for a wonderful season all the way through June. And it will line up with college baseball, something that my next guest never talks. We are the Out of Bounds Show. I'm your host, Bo Bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. You can watch the show on YouTube. Search Out of Bounds Sports. We welcome in Ron Fowler, Roll Tide Insider, 109 The Game, Tuscaloosa Afternoon Drive. This man does nine hours of sports talk radio a day when he's not in the Grand Canyon, his team just lost Pete Golding. Did did, did Nick Saban finally take a loss to uh, to Lane Kiffin, maybe not on the field, but with losing defensive coordinator Pete Golding, Ryan Fowler?
3: Well, now, hold on. I, I want to go back to crawfish because uh, when you talk about mudbugs, there, I, I'm thinking about some great social events that I've been to with a group of coaches and players that I don't know how I got there, but I just looked up and went, I'm here. And I look across, and there's multiple coaches just digging into these crawfish.
5: Yeah. I mean, listen,
3: if you can – and crawfish is incredible. I mean, I can do a commercial for uh, mud bugs here. I mean, it, it is – and y'all get them better than we do because you can get them down there. It's much fresher than, than when we're, we're – so we, we have know. to actually go there to get them to bring them here because we don't have like a place. So – uh but no, to go back, I know, I know you didn't want to talk about crawfish, but man, you talk about food at 930 and I haven't had anything. Uh, I'm ready to talk about food, but, uh, no, we listen, we owe the state of Mississippi a lot of things. Uh, you guys have given us a lot of things over the years, and this is one that, uh, we will be forever grateful that you have taken Pete Golding off of our hands. This team, uh, in the last month and a half, uh, ranked 94th in the country in missed tackles. Uh, they just couldn't wrap around players and get them to the ground, which is the objective of college football. Uh, you know, playing with a few, you know, like you're allowed to play with 11 guys on defense. Uh, Pete kind of likes to play with 10 and 12, uh, and they usually have to call a timeout to either add another guy or get one off the field. Uh, it's We're glad that you guys have got him. We broke a record since 1907, so Wani – Uh, When when they were a part of this comp, I don't think they were actually part of the conference, but 1907, Alabama gave up 54 points. This past year, uh, Alabama went back to to that record, and uh, the Tennessee Volunteers broke a record since 1907, scoring the most points against Alabama. So uh, uh, we definitely thank Pete Golding for his services here in Tuscaloosa. We needed him, but uh, Ole Miss needed him more, and we're forever grateful to Lane Kiffin. Thanks, Lane.
4: Wow. Okay, so no, what was your – I mean, you're talking Alabama people all the time. There's nobody upset. You want to know what my show was like on my, or Friday at 2.03 when this came down from Chris Lowe? What?
3: A celebration. It was complete celebration. You would have thought Nick Saban had won a national title. It was phone call after phone call. I think I canceled every guest that I had left and just went solid phone calls. We we had, I mean, it was a uh, dancing in the streets. Uh, they, they played Holy Ghost revival songs here. It was, uh, you know, and I literally, I painted the narrative because I said the national narrative will be that Ole Miss stole a coach over Alabama. Just watch it. I said, just give it a couple of days. This thing will work its way out. Uh, this will be the narrative, and uh You know, I mean, you can go back to messages where where you and I talked, uh, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. I told you Pete Golden was going to Ole Miss. Uh, And, uh, you know, I think he had some wavering thoughts there. But, uh, you know, with one foot on his butt kicking him out the door, I think he decided that Oxford was a really nice place to live for a few years. And it is. It's a beautiful place
4: ron fowler bama insider 109 the game tuscaloosa says that it was a celebration once they found out pete golding uh was well, we leaving have a alabama
3: standard though we we have a different standard listen Ole miss uh i know that Landshark defense is is highly respectable and i think Pete golding will do good uh in oxford i, I but but Alabama's not happy. I think they were 17th in the country in some stats, stopping the rush. I think they were in the 40th. If you break down stopping the rush in the SEC, it kind of dropped a little bit. Uh, this unit had too much talent. I mean, think about it. Will there ever be a talent team like the one in, in, in Oxford that they won in Tuscaloosa? I mean, you had first-rounder after first-rounder and, and future first-rounders. I mean, Will Anderson had half the production he had last year. Dallas Turner, fresh but all American, really nowhere to be found. Uh, Crisp a lot in that uh, Sugar Bowl game. You look at the secondary, you got Jordan Battle, Brian Branch. Those guys are our first-round guys, not early. Ask so, Mike you about the defense uh, rankings and where those. Kool-Aid McInister, next year, he'll be a first-rounder. Uh, don't know where Henry Toa Toa uh, will fall, but see, Pete coached inside backers. I never watched the inside linebacker get better in Tuscaloosa.
4: I right, Bill O'Brien is the favorite to land the offensive coordinator job for the New England Patriots and and join Bill Belichick again in his career.
3: Hallelujah. Oh. <sighs> I'm supposed to be an un, unbiased member of the media. Um, well, I love it. No, I mean, listen, uh if you stuck a well, hold on. I, I can't say that. That's too sensitive. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of what you would do. Like if you, if you, like if you gave me a choice and you said you have to choose one or the other, you either keep Pete Golding or Bill O'Brien. I'd have said, "Give me B.O.B. Give me B.O.B. I'll take Bill O'Brien. Uh, let Pete slide on to work. It, the work." The hardest place was is trying to find Pete a job. I mean, Nick Saban worked tirelessly to try to get – and that's what he does. He doesn't fire assistant coaches. The only one I've ever known for him to ask to leave was Lane Kiffin prior to the national championship game. But, uh, you know, maybe Lane sees something in Pete. Because, listen, you're restricted over here. You don't do things your way. You do it Nick Saban's way. Mm-hmm. So maybe Lane understands that and, and that maybe there's something there that we don't see in Pete. Does that make sense? I mean, like, so Lane knows that there's more that he could have gave, given Nick Saban but because of the restrictions placed on the coordinators, maybe Lane looks at Pete and says, hey, nobody's been able to tap into his full potential. And so I know what coaching like is like in Tuscaloosa because I did think it was kind of funny that Pete Golding was getting consideration from Sark out of Texas, former coordinator here, and Kiffin at Ole Miss. And both of them know what it's like to be handcuffed in the Nick Saban coaching system.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. Ryan Fowler. I mean, is
3: that fair? I'm trying to be honest. I'm just trying to be. I'm, I'm trying to be where I'm giving Pete some hope. I'm not like completely shut the door on him. I mean, he's now a, a part of the legacy of the University of Alabama.
4: Yeah. Okay. Ryan Fowler, 109 in the game, Tuscaloosa. So, but you expect to have two new coordinators. Um, where is this thing? Tra- right, so Georgia's not going. There was a clear path for a big chunk of Nick Saban's time at Bama. Uh Georgia couldn't get their act together. Um LSU had an inferior coach in Les Miles majority of the time. I know Ed was there a little bit. Uh now they have an excellent head coach. And then you got Hugh Freeze down the road who is going to get it done at Auburn. At what level I don't know, but they are going to win. They're not going to be on the they're not going to go back to 5 and 7 4 and 8 whatever stuff like that. So now I don't know I don't know if Jimbo's gonna get it, Fisher's gonna get it together, even with Bobby Petrino. Can't can't call that. I agree. But the no, the, the no. path is is so much more difficult today than oh nine through eighteen. Not that Sabin and Bama, the monster that they are, can't do it again. But where do you think this is trending in Tuscaloosa, Ron?
3: That's why you've got to go out and get the best coaching staff. Go go back to 2015, go back to uh, 2017, you know, go back to 2012, 2011. Uh, those coaching staff, I mean, let's take 2015, okay? You had Cristobal, Billy Napier, who non coordinator is part of your coaching staff. You also had Kirby Smart, Lane Kiffin. I mean, go look at the coaching roster and compare that to now, this past year's coaching roster. It'll make you laugh. I mean, it will literally – because I don't see the potential that, that, that those guys had in 2015 or 2011, 2012. You start comparing coaching rosters. That's why I think that these coordinators that they hire is probably going to be the most important. If this thing is going to get recycled, re-energized, then it's going to have to be in the coaching side of things. I think that's where you've got to be able to make up the difference in college football. And, and you and I have talked about it before. Is there enough quality out there? to go around, because now you've got coordinators that have been promoted to head coaching places that other times they wouldn't consider, but those smaller schools, because of the TV contracts out there, they're able to afford. I mean, look, look at Liberty. Look, look at what they paid you Freeze. Look around college football. These small schools are paying big sums of money. And so I think these coordinators are getting promoted faster where once – you know, a Kirby smart, what did he stay here? Nine years, eight years? Yeah, that was uh, a long.
4: that's not happening again, man.
3: That's not happening anymore. That's not no, happening anymore. It's that
4: so, that's so incredible. it's just remarkable that that Kirby stayed under Saban um for as long as he did and could handle Nick. Um
3: you nailed it right there. the
4: way that he that's could
3: a, that's a hard job.
4: Yeah. And he's the hey, only me, guy that I've much. witnessed kind of back Saban up on the sideline at times over the years. And I mean, even at a young age, man, Saban had a lot of respect for Kirby. Not most guys, you know, yes, sir, him on the sideline. Kirby would be like, I got it. I got it. How many times did you see him put his hand up and be like, I I, you know, Nick would be walking down in a in a in a tight game and barking a little bit. He didn't bark at him like he barked at Lane or something. But and, and uh, I, I can just remember Kirby's almost putting a stop sign up and say, I've got it. And that, that doesn't happen much under Nick Saban, right?
3: Well, and, and right now he's got a lot of yes men. Yeah. He does. And so nobody would challenge him. I think that's why you've got to go out and get a couple of guys that can really add something to you because, uh, I think that's what makes all great coaches great. They can't do it by themselves. And, uh, you know, So, I want to ask you about a name here that I'm hearing in Tuscaloosa. Two names that's hot over here
4: Wisconsin Badgers?
3: Dan no, no, no. All okay. the offensive side of the call. Okay, go ahead. Jeff Levy. Jeff Levy, uh, what do you think? A plus, B minus, B?
4: Uh, I think Levy would have graded as an F this year at Oklahoma. Yeah.
3: Oh, sure. But, I mean, the talent pool out there was in USC country.
4: Um, yeah, but you can't be that bad a play caller. See, people, Ole Miss fans wanted to dream that Levy was calling the plays. At Ole Miss, he was not. Lane Kiffin calls the plays. He runs the offense. Um, you That would be a significant downgrade from a guy that you already don't like, really, really like. You kind of like Bill O'Brien. Okay. But that that would All be right. a significant downgrade. When you look at his Oklahoma numbers, they are Ooh, not. They're bad. They're yeah. not good, man. And that, right. Dan Mullen. Uh, I don't know why Dan would take that. I don't. W- uh, would Dan do? A good job under Saban? Yes. Um, can could Dan handle? Well, but Dan hadn't been barked at. You know, when it's been that long. It's been since 08. Well,
3: his wife is not going to be allowed to kiss players in the mouth over here. I, wow. I be a mis- good morning.
4: That. Welcome in. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Fleetway Market. Fuel up at Fleetway Market. We've got Ron Fowler, T-Town, Tuscaloosa on the Patron Tequila Guest Line. Um, Dan would do a good job. I don't know why you would go in that kind of uh, grind if you've got $30 million and you're really enjoying life. Okay. I'm just
3: saying. Dan Dan Mullen's a name that has been about 40 – back at me – I mean, it's what it was, it's like January 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, January 17th, uh, I mean, about 45 days, Dan Mullen's been a name. And I was kind of curious why he didn't get a lot of offers out there.
4: Oh, I don't think he was. Like, he didn't put himself out there. So – uh, okay. th- I don't. I don't think there was anything. But did he, that, he not put himself out because he's going to Tuscaloosa? Or no? I mean, I don't look, know. I mean, I, I mean. Well, think about what opened up: Liberty, Auburn. I mean, he wasn't going to go to Auburn. John Cohen and Dan Mullen don't like each other. So, and Dan wasn't going to flip back in to the SEC that quick as a head coach. Um, you know, there really weren't any other openings. So. You know, I think Dan's enjoying his millions, playing golf, and and hanging out. You know, with his family. I just could he do it and do does well. He have a
3: young family? Does he have young kids?
4: He does. does he have, they're they're yeah. Well, that may not be a good thing in Tuscaloosa. That's, oh, I mean, he would that. miss everything. I mean, you don't even have time to play golf. But like, what three times a year under Coach Saban? Oh,
3: uh, well, I mean, in, in the college structure. It's a disaster. See, I I spent time this past week in Arizona Mm -hmm. uh, out just vacationing, but you got to think about a name out there that's a pretty hot-shot, offensive-minded guy, Cliff Kingsbury. And so I tried to turn over a few stones out there with some people that I was connected with. uh, Went to an event and and talked, and they all told me that Cliff Kingsbury has no interest in coming back to the college side. It's just too hectic right now. The calendar's all messed up. Uh, the bureaucrats cannot get it right at the NCA. College coaches are running to the NFL. That trend is not going back, so it 's kind of limited that 's why I threw out Jeff Levy and Dan Mullen is because there just seems to be some buzz around these guys because you look around the pool is very limited
4: yeah, that would be interesting to see what Saban does boy that 's a critical hire. What about uh, d c Jim Leonard Wisconsin?
3: Uh, well, I think if they can get it through Greg Sankey, um, I think Jeremy Pruitt is a candidate. I don't know at what, what role. Uh, I mean, he could be a defensive coordinator, but it all depends on, you know, if you believe Philip Fulmer and the, you know, the group coming out of Knoxville that he did all these different things, or if you talk to people that are a little closer to Jeremy Pruitt, uh, you know, that's part of the punishment of the NCAA is the uncertainty of what your punishment will be. That's part of your punishments—the unknown that you have to walk in for a couple of years. But listen, if you freeze, uh, Hugh Hefner, freeze and coach in the SEC. Um, why not Jeremy Pruitt? I
4: right, uh, Jeremy would be outstanding. His numbers were great at at Bama and and Georgia and Florida State, um, and he would be good. He he really would be. I I don't know what Sankey will do with that. That's a good question. I, I really don't know. You know, there's a, there's some smoke. I don't know if there's a lot of fire. Jim Leonard would be great. Um, so, do do Bama fans believe Ryan Fowler that that Georgia has separated themselves from Bama?
3: No, no, they're in denial. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't get that. I mean, I've tried to say the gap is out there, and I, that's why I think this hire is you could close the gap. Go, go get it, you know. Alabama needs a win over Georgia. Go get Glenn Schumann. He's a Bama guy. His dad went to school here. He got a start here. He's very loyal to, loyal to Kirby. But that would be a big play caller, you know, if if you could get a, uh, a Glenn Schumann. Uh, definitely Leonard. I don't want to forget about what he brought up there. But you need a win over Georgia. You need a win over Georgia. Where's Schumann? You know, he's at Georgia. He's a uh, co-defensive coordinator with Muschamp.
4: Mm. Okay. I remember Bama. that name. He's a
3: Bama guy, yeah.
4: Yeah. Man, Kirby just stole everything, didn't he? Scott Cochran, Schumann, uh, you know, the recruiting and footprint. And the championship trophies. The trophies. He got the trophies too. You know, I'm I'm looking at your schedule and um Oh, it's,
3: it's yeah. Well, that's why George's favorite. I mean, look,
4: you, you you opened the segment talking about the SEC West.
3: Look at what the East is I mean, I mean, a lot of those teams that you talk about in the West could go over there and have success, and a lot of it,
4: yeah, y'all I, this still looks like a cakewalk for the most part for you um you pull Tennessee and lSU at home I, I don't and you pull Kentucky from the east. Oh my gosh! This looks like now at you, Auburn could be a you, problem. You got to go to Lee
3: County. Yeah, you got to go to Lee County. You, you got to go to Hugh Hefner-Freeze's place down there. Yeah, and, uh, I think that's, that's a one. And,
4: that's a one possession game, and and Hugh could could win that game even in year one, which is incredible with what they're doing in the in the portal. Transfer
3: portal, yeah, oh, glory.
4: I know, but you know, you got Arkansas. Tennessee, LSU at home, at Lexington doesn't mean anything. I just don't see it. Texas at home, Ole Miss at home. Where are you going to lose?
3: I mean, it'll all come down to Atlanta, I guess.
4: Yeah. You could lose to Auburn, still win the West, and then play Georgia in Atlanta. Okay.
3: Well, I think we should get the band back together. I think we should go get Bo Davis at Texas, bring him in, get Jeremy Pruitt, get Glenn Schumann. Whoever else wants uh, – now you got analysts where they can now go on the on the coaching side of things, right? You don't have to keep them uh, off the field. They can actually be on the field this year because the NCAA implemented that rule a couple of weeks ago. So let's just get the band back together. Get South and Surrey out there. Get all of them. Get, get them out there and let's get this thing one more time and we'll end with a three-peat and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll show a college three-peat. football that the 12th. For sure. I mean, really? I mean, I mean, if you're going to go out, I mean, we already went back to back. I mean, got to do something that's never been done in college football. You got to stop Georgia from three-peating, and you start your three-peat.
4: Uh, okay. Uh, I, I, I think these guys would rather coach under Kirby than Saban.
3: Yeah, I think they're both pretty hard. I think they're very similar. Oh, no, uh, I
4: agree. Could... I heard Kirby's first year, he didn't give them their, their allotted time. But it didn't backfire on him. He's tough. No doubt.
3: Hey, listen, there ain't no way I could work for Sedna.
4: No. I was
3: sleeping too much. No, 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 ain't no way. No.
4: All right. Um, Well, you've already let Kirby Smart become the mayor of Tuscaloosa. You cannot allow Hugh Freeze to become the governor of Alabama, okay?
3: Yeah. Well, Hugh Hefner Freeze is not going to become the governor of the state of Alabama, so. we're uh, we're keeping an eye on him. He's a phony guy, isn't he? I mean, I mean, every time I watch him do a video, whether he's wishing his daughter happy birthday via Twitter, or, I mean, he just got, he's just got—he's creepy, man. Uh, but hey, money solves a lot of problems, and he's doing the transfer portal with a lot of money.
4: We'll leave it there. Oh, what? I believe in Auburn and love it, War Eagle.
3: Yeah, wasn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> I'm sure. Hey,
3: I'm sure it was. I mean, hey. Uh, anyway,
4: hi. Right, be good, buddy.
3: Nothing but the best.
4: See, roll you, dude. Time. Roll, roll tide. Ron Fowler, 109. The game, Tuscaloosa. Uh, he joined us on the uh, Patron Añejo guest line. You can find at Briarwood Wine and Spirits, also uh, restaurants around the great state of Mississippi including uh, Bulldog Burger has Patron, which is a beautiful thing. Um, Thanks for listening to the show. It's brought to you by the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. Hey, I want to let you know we have NFL again this Saturday and Sunday, and that's a beautiful thing. Celebrate at the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge, an award-winning Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, Sportsbook and Lounge full bar and food at the Golden Moon casino sportsbook, and lounge if you missed anything hit apple podcast search the out of bounds show with Bo bounds would love for you to subscribe we'll see you tomorrow
2: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office